Hey everyone, it's Jeff from MCS Magazine, and this week's episode is one of those episodes that I hate to do, because it's in reaction to yet another mass shooting event, this time in Las Vegas, Nevada, and what has turned out to be the deadliest shooting in modern history. And while we grieve for the victims and their loved ones, this week I want to talk about survivors, and more specifically, how to survive a deadly active shooter scenario, with just a few tips based on this latest tragic event. Let's talk tactics. bullets were flying, your adrenaline surging, would you hit your target? If the world as you know it crumbled tomorrow, collapsed into chaos, would you know how to survive? If you and those you loved were cornered by a gang, violently attacked, could you protect them? Could you protect them? Could you protect them? Tactical firearms training, urban survival, close quarters combat. This, this is another podcast to help you better prepare for any threat you may face in your role as a protector and a patriot. This is Modern Combat and Survival. Hey everyone, welcome back. This is Jeff Anderson, editor for Modern Combat and Survival Magazine and executive director of the New World Patriot Alliance with another podcast to help you better prepare for any threat you may face in your role as a protector and a patriot. And the threat that we're going to face today is one that has really been, unfortunately, a topic for quite some time now as we see more and more of these instances of active shooter scenarios. A mad gunman gone wild, just taking out indiscriminately innocent civilians for whatever cause they may be shooting for, whether it's their own, whether it is for religious purposes, or whether it is for whatever it is. It's an act of terrorism, whether it is a, a foreign terrorist or a domestic terrorist. This is terrorism. It is it is designed to impact innocent people, drive terror into the hearts of everyone around you, and make a name for oneself. Whether that is your or your terrorist organization or yourself, before you take yourself out with a bullet. And I'm sure by now you've at least heard of the recent active shooter attack that was at a country music festival in Las Vegas, Nevada, where a gunman killed 59 people at last count that I have seen and wounded more than 500 others using automatic rifles. And if you haven't caught it on the news yet, there are some first-hand footage that you can see on YouTube from concert participants who were there filming with their cameras during the concert and then even as the shooting was going on. And I think it's really important to watch these videos because it's a really valuable peek into what makes someone a victim versus a survivor. There's really a lot to be gained by watching these and watching people's reactions as the shooting was going on. And that's partly what I wanted to talk about today. So what I have are just five, just five tips, just five observations of mine that really can mean the difference between life or death. Any one of these can mean the difference between life or death. Now we did an in-depth interview with an active shooter expert, a trained counterterrorist um, expert that's out there that's been doing some training on this because unfortunately more and more businesses are having to be able to get this type of training. And more and more people, more and more civilians, protectors like you out there are seeking this information because we realize that the world as we know it has changed, right? It has changed. No longer what? You can't go to the mall or to a country music festival or to church anymore without fear of being shot. Well, I don't believe in fear. I don't believe that we have to spend our lives in fear. But Taking away the fear means that you have to prepare for these types of things so that you always know that you are the best prepared person. You are, you are trained physically, mentally to be able to 
to be able to identify a situation like this and quickly react to it in the right way. And as we saw, many people during this event were not prepared at all. Now, again, this is the type of event you wouldn't think that you would have to be prepared for, right? But we're seeing more and more that people are being attacked in many different inventive ways, many creative ways, and we always have to be vigilant. So I wanted to just go through five things, just five quick observations that will help you to be able to be able to be better prepared for this type of attack. Okay. All right. So number one is you have to have knowledge. Now we just did an in-depth interview. I, I, I'm sorry, I was going to say this before, but with our with our New World Patriot Alliance uh, group, and these are this is a member-only inner circle group of people who to get monthly training from us and be able to interact with a lot of the experts in our network that we have out there, ask question and answer periods and be able to get specific training. We just went over active shooter training in the New World Patriot Alliance. If you're not a member, you can go over, you can just sign up for a dollar just to try it out and just see all the training that's in there. And right now we still have the training from the active shooter scenario training that's in there right now. You can just go over to newworldpatriot.org and you can go ahead and just sign up for a trial there, check it out. At the very least, you get this training even if you don't stay on as a member. So knowledge really is power when it comes to this. Knowledge really is protection. I'll give you a really good example. When this shooting happened, a lot of people dismissed the shooting because they thought it was firecrackers. Okay, so look, at a distance, gunfire can sound like firecrackers, right? But automatic weapons don't sound like firecrackers. Many of you, I mean, probably everyone has heard what fire, a string of firecrackers sounds like when you, when you let it off, right? There are, there's a certain sound to it. Even at a distance, you know what it sounds like. But it doesn't have that same kind of pattern and rhythm that an automatic weapon does. Now, pretty much, you know, what do you, do you know what automatic fire sounds like? Well, most people probably don't, unless you've been in the military, unless you've been near an M60 gun or a saw gun, or if you're back in the time when I was in the military, we, we, that was when we switched from fully automatic M16s to three round burst M16s. And, and from there, um, you know, basically that kind of exposure gives you that knowledge of what automatic fire sounds like, right? Like you can quickly identify it. In, fa in fact, I don't know if Jason Aldean, who was on stage at the time during the Country Music Festival, I don't know if he knew exactly, if he, I don't know if he'd been in the military or not, but he was off the stage very, very quickly. Like almost as soon as the fire started, it was, it was very quickly recognized that it was gunfire and he got off the stage very quickly. Most people didn't do that. In fact, people were, people were up there standing up. Um, trying to get Jason back on stage, right? They didn't identify it. They thought maybe it was firecrackers or they just didn't hear it or whatever it was. But, but you have, it's, it's the knowledge of what automatic fire sounds like or what even a gunshot sounds like, right? So do you and your family know what gunfire sounds like? Many of you have probably been to the range. Many of you probably know, but does your family know? Do you, like, my spouse probably wouldn't be able to, she would probably wouldn't think about it as gunfire because she's not, she wasn't brought up around guns, she doesn't like guns, you guys have heard me bitch and complain about this before, but she doesn't like guns, um, you know, my son knows what gunfire sounds like because he goes to the range with me, right? So, but the question is, do you know what gunfire sounds like? Do you know what automatic gunfire sounds like? Does your family know what that gunfire sounds like? Well, now you have YouTube videos that you can go to and you can hear what it sounds like, what a, what a, what a, an automatic fire gun sounds like 
But again, if your family doesn't, maybe just taking them to the range just so that they are comfortable around guns or know what it sounds like. That knowledge can mean that can mean valuable, critical, life-saving seconds that can mean life or death, right? So that's just one example of what knowledge can mean. But are you also, do you know what the actions on contact are for an active shooter scenario? Do you know what to do if you hear gunfire? Do you and your family know the difference between cover and concealment or which direction to run to? Do you know how to react with other people around you that are in complete panic and chaos? Those are the types of things that you really need to know about so that you're not caught by surprise and just caught there like a deer in the headlights when something actually happens. Because your actions could actually put you in further jeopardy if you don't know what to do. So tip number one is really simple, but it's the most critical to have the knowledge of what to do in an active shooter or a mass terrorist event like this. So that you're not caught by surprise. Again, there, there's training out there. Unfortunately, you know how I feel about a lot of the training on the internet. Um, a lot of it's just not put out by people that really know what they're talking about. So a lot of the information that you get, it, it's hard to know whether to trust it or not, right? Um, newworldpatriot.org. If you go there, you sign up for a dollar just for the trial to be able to check it out. You can gain access to all the training that we have there, but the active shooter scenario is the one that I want to point you to. It's there right now. You can download it. Even if you don't stay a member, at least go in there and get that in-depth training that we just did. Okay. All right. Tip number two, you've heard us talk about this before when it comes to basically going to, into restaurants or bars and things like that. And that's doing an initial assessment. So in my work as a, an ex, in executive protection, as a bodyguard, the very first, I mean, really a lot of it is the, is a pre-work that's done. Really, that's where a lot of the bulk of the work is done is has everything been scouted out? Do you know where the hospitals are locally? Do you know where the police stations are locally? Have you coordinated with them? Uh, when you go into any sort of, like when you go into a restaurant or if you go into the movie theater, no matter where it is, you always do an assessment to know where your threats are and if you have to perform some sort of a tactical escape, like what is the, what's the best way to get out of there or protect yourself uh, if you're in a restaurant, does the table tip over? Is it is it thick enough wood or is it made out of metal? Or is there something that you can use to tip over to be able to use for some sort of cover? Do you know where the exits are? Are you going to go out the front exit? Do you know where the kitchen is so that you can go out a back exit? There's all sorts of things around that. But it, that initial assessment is one of your most critical planning tools at any time that any anytime you're in public at all. Now, this isn't just for executive protection professionals. It's not just for bodyguards that are out there. It's for you and your family. When you go into a restaurant, do you, do you look and see where the kitchen is? Do you know, again, do you check the table? Is it bolted to the ground or can it be tipped over? Where's your best place of, of concealment cover? Do you sit in a place where you have access, visual access to the door or to other patrons that are there so that you're not surprised because they're behind you and a fight breaks out or somebody comes in with a gun or something like that? Well, same thing with these big events, even like concerts and things like that. Before you go there, do you know, just from looking at a map, can you determine where the nearest hospital is? If you need to, let's say that you're shot or a family member is shot, you're not going to wait around for, you know, you're not going to call 911 and, and wait for an ambulance to show up. There might be like a, a first aid tent there or something like that that could get quickly overwhelmed, right? If you're first in, great. Maybe they have supplies and stuff there. 
But if you have to extract yourself out of that area, do you know where the closest form of medical attention is? Okay, that happens before you even get to the event. When you get there, is this the place that you're located? Do you know where the exits are? Do you know where the, not the public exits, but do you know where the private exits are? Um, some of the film footage that I saw were people that were at the very front row of the concert. And I'll talk about actions on contact at that point, but, you know, can you get over the railing? Can't, you know, is there, does it look like you can get under the stage if you needed to? Where did, where, where are the exits just on the sides of the stage? You know, what can you use there to your advantage? All of that happens like as soon as you get there and even before you get there. That initial assessment is critical. Another thing to look for is what is the road access in and out of the location that you're at? If it is an outdoor festival, is there a road that leads to where people are? And is there a, um, you know, are there bollards that are put in place there, like cement, cement obstacles or things like that? Because what have we seen lately? People get into large trucks, tractor trucks, you know, tractor trailers, get on there and go full speed into a crowd. These, you know, people that are looking to take out civilians are looking for the biggest crowd, often are looking for the biggest crowd they can get. They're looking for shock factor. They're looking to take out the most amount of people as they possibly can so that they can get on the news, right? Their cause can get on the news. Whatever it is, that's the kind of thing you need to look out for. So is your position right where a truck be able to drive straight through into the crowd and take out a bunch of people? Again, it's your initial assessment. You should have even just a checklist if you need to, to be able to remember all of these things. Okay. So that was tip number two. Um, and these are all like the pre kind of the, the planning stage there. Uh, number three, tip number three is to bring everyday carry survival gear with you or escape and evasion gear with you. Now there are things that I carry every day. You might carry things every day. You might carry a knife with you, right? You might carry, you might even carry a firearm with you. So those kinds of things are examples of everyday carry. But I always carry a, what we call our scram bag. So this is one, typically it's one of our layers of survival gear that we have. And if you want to know more in depth about survival gear, you can just go to survivalgearsecrets.com and that will get you over to, you can get a free document there. It's a, it's our free download of the different layers of the 12, I'm sorry, the different layers of survival gear that you should look at all the way through the entire spectrum that it takes to survive. Everything from everyday carry gear all the way through your home and everything else. So uh, you can go to survivalgearsecrets.com, pick that up for free also. But one of the one of the, the the survival gear pieces that we use is a scram bag. It's our social chaos response and mobility bag. And that contains a lot of escape and evasion gear. And during this type of an attack, escape and evasion sometimes are your primary directives there, right? It's your primary mission there. You have to escape the area to be able to get out of there. Now, I'm not going to go into all of the the items that go into the into the scram bag but it's a it's a very simple piece of gear that, that allows you to carry additional stuff outside of your body and uh and be able to carry more there but i'll just give you one example of something that you would bring with you now i br always bring when i'm with my family we always have a an element of two-way communication that we can carry so that way i mean think about it if your family is off at the concession stand or if they are went to the restroom somewhere and all of a sudden shots ring out as a protector, as you as a protector for your family, 
you know, you're going to be thinking, where is my family? You want to rally your family together to be able to get them and know that they're protected because you don't want to, you don't want to take off and go off to, you know, try and get back to your car when you're thinking, gosh, your daughter might be bleeding somewhere on the grounds there. You're going to try and get to them, right? Well, it's not practical that you're always going to stay in one place. We can't live in fear like that, right? Like we all have to go to the concession stand at one time. So if you split up, having a means of communication that does not require your cell phone, because as things happen, people can, you know, get, you know, cell phone systems can go down. I always like to have two-way communication. Personally, I have the Midland GXT. It's a very, um, very simple, very small um, two-way radio. But it also has an earbud and micro and a whisper microphone that comes with it as well. Now, what I like about that is that if you try to use a two-way radio or sometimes even like your just if you have your cell phone there, if everybody's screaming around you, it can be really hard to hear. But if you've got an earbud you can put in, then you can hear much better. Uh, with the whisper microphone, let's say that I have my you know my my kids went off and they're in another part of a mall and there's an attack that takes part in a mall and they were smart enough to be able to get behind cover, maybe even close themselves off in a room if they couldn't exit, if they couldn't escape the entire mall or something, that they can go into whisper mode there because you don't want a two-way radio that's really loud, that you have to talk really loud or they can, other people can hear it going off. So the two-way radio with the earbud and the, and the whisper microphone are what I like to be able to use so that we can, we can stay tactical, we can stay covert if we need to, but I can always get a hold of my family on that thing. We can all be on the same channel. Another problem with the, uh, if you're just trying to use a cell phone is if you've got calls coming in from a family member or somebody else is trying to call you in, or if you have three different people that you need to talk to at one time that's with you and your group, you can't really do that. But if you're all on the same channel for the two-way radio, then that's going to be a much better option for you. There's other things that I have in there as well that are specific to this type of an escape scenario. Um, I'll probably be doing a Facebook Live this uh, week to show some of the examples of what goes in that bag. So if you're on our Facebook page, make sure that you go ahead and friend the, go ahead and like the left Facebook page so that you get notification when that Facebook Live goes on and you'll be able to watch it there. Okay. All right. So that was tip number three. So now I want to go to uh, tip number four, which is really getting back into actions on contact. All right. So um, the, the number one thing here, when I watch this video is this whole, um, like we call it cognitive dissonance, right? So it's a psychological term really simply. It's basically that people will take actions that we, they will try to remain um, kind of in their mind. Uh, you know, it's, it's like two, it's actions and beliefs that don't necessarily go together. A, a really simple example is people know that smoking kills you, right? We know it causes lung cancer. We know it causes all, we know it's going to cause you to die earlier, but People still smoke, right? Well, why do they smoke if they know that it's going to eventually kill them? Well, that's a, a belief which is known that it's gonna, smoking is gonna kill you, but the actions don't go in alignment with that belief. So the same thing happens even in, if you look at, um, other ways to look at this are, um, people might believe that somebody is a, a bigger, stronger attacker. So, um, this is where you see people, they're like, well, this person, uh, you know, they have this person right in front of them, threatening them, but they don't take the action to be able to fight back. Now, part of that is fear, right? But the other part of it is that they, they believe this person can beat them up and their actions aren't done in self-defense. They take the action of a victim 
by basically giving themselves up, by not defending themselves, not even trying to talk people down because they keep thinking, well, this isn't happening, this isn't happening, this isn't happening, when they know, in fact, it is happening. And when you watch people during this this mass shooting, you see people that are there, like, that are standing up. They know it's gunfire. They see even see other people around them ducking down, yelling out, it's a gun, it's a gun, it's a gun, but they're still standing up thinking, you know, and the thought process is, well, this can't be happening. This can't be happening. But they hear people saying, there's a gun, there's a gun. So why aren't they taking action to be able to prepare them or protect themselves? In fact, if you look around, a lot of people were just cowering down. They were just, they were just ducking down there, right? We're going to talk about that here in just number five, but you have to be able to fight cognitive dissonance. You have to understand that you have to trust your gut that if there is an attack happening, that you don't go into the this can't be happening mode. You take action, and it's not based on what other people are doing. All right? Talk about that here in just a minute. But this cognitive dissonance is a real... Now, I, I've told this story before, but and a, good, a really good example of where I failed miserably at this was I was walking my young son. He was only about, I think, about three or four years old at the time. We were walking along the, along, along the street in suburbia, right? Nice little, nice little town. And um, all of a sudden, just this white van screeches up to the uh, where I'm at. Just there's nobody else on the road. There's no other car on the road. Screeches up, just, just pulls up at, at like a high speed, screeches to a halt. And the side of the van opens up is a panel, like a panel van or whatever, right? Like there's no windows on it. This, the side of it opens up. This guy runs out at me and it's just me and my son right there. Now, my warning, my warning, uh, signs all, all went off. It was like this, there's something wrong. There's something wrong. But I was locked like a deer in the headlights. I could not move. I couldn't act. My brain kept saying, this can't be a threat. This can't be a threat. But everything about it felt like a threat. This guy pulls up out of the back of a van. I mean, it looked, it looked like a kidnapping event right out of the movies, right? Somebody could have just zapped me with a, um, they could have shot me. They could have stabbed me. They could have zapped me with a, um, a taser and taken my son and I might never have seen him again, but I was just frozen there. The guy reaches out his hand at me. I still didn't take any action and he hands me a card and it was for a lawnmower, sir, lawn mowing service. And I just, I remember him leaving and I, I just started like, I just was, I was, I couldn't believe I didn't take any action. So what happens to the best of us, right? That was when I was a, tr I was already been an executive protection professional. I've been, I was, I was in the security industry for many years. I've, I've done all this training to show people what to do. I was a close quarters combat instructor, but, and I was a soldier, a combat veteran, and I just froze. It happens to the best of us. So you can't say, no, that won't happen to me. You have to think about it. So this might be one of those things where it's like, well, that's not really a tip, Jeff, because I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't freeze. I would take action. It happens to the best of us, but watching other people do it is what allows you to recognize what not to do. All right. I know that sounds weird, but watch the videos because when you watch it, you see what people are doing. They are ducking down. They're not, they're just standing there. They're still filming for God's sake. That's cognitive dissonance. That's what you need to avoid, which brings us to tip number five upon, with actions upon contact is in an ambush, you, the best action is, is any action. The best action is any action. Any soldier can tell you that in an ambush where it's a planned ambush and you're running, let's just say you're walking along the road, right? 
and all of a sudden gunfire rings out and you know it's an ambush. You know, as a soldier, the worst thing you can do is just stand there trying to figure out where is the gunfire coming from. Because you're, when an ambush happens, you're in the kill zone. That's the reason why the gunfire is happening. The best action you can take is not sit there like a fish in a barrel waiting to get shot. Even if it's running at the gunfire, the best action you can take is action. All right. So when you see people in these um, that are at the event, a lot of them did duck down like ducking down was going to somehow make them less of a target. It doesn't. OK, unless you're ducking down underneath some big person behind you where they're going to be your cover. But that might not last. Right. They get up and go. You just lost your cover. So your best action is to take action at this time. All right. Get to the exits. There were people right there on the front row that could have jumped over the the metal barricades that were there, got underneath the stage, run off the stage, got on the stage, gone, on, gone through an exit there. Any action is better than no action. All right. So you've again, if you've already done your initial assessment and you know where the exits are, then get off your ass, get your family together, rally them up on the um, on the radio if you have to, if they're not already right there. As you're exiting, you call your family on the two-way radio and you tell them to get out of the area. But you've you've got to make sure that you that you take action. Now, the action that you take, it's best if you know the best actions to take, right? So we talk about this a lot in the active shooter training that we did, New World Patriot. Again, go to newworldpatriot.org. Just go ahead and get signed up there. Check it out. Grab the training. It's there as soon as you get in there in the uh, members-only dashboard area there. Go find it. Download it. Get all the information that's there. It's really important information nowadays, unfortunately. Okay? So those are the five tips that I have based upon the Las Vegas shooting I hate it that I, that I even have to talk about this and give you these tips. But I want to hear from you. What were your other observations that you saw from the footage for the Las Vegas shooting? What are some other tips that you have in a mass event like this, in a crowded event like this, some other tips that you have for others that are out there to be able to get out of the area safely with your family, to be a better protector for yourself and your family? I want to hear about that right now. So make sure that you leave a comment on our blog, in the podcast area there, in the comments section, I want to hear from you. What are the best tips that you have for an active shooter scenario? Okay? All right. That's all we have for this week's episode. And until the next broadcast, this is Jeff Anderson saying prepare, train, and survive. This has been Modern Combat and Survival. Survival. We hope you've enjoyed the show. You can help us out by rating our podcast on iTunes and leaving a comment. You can check us out on Facebook at facebook.com backslash Modern Combat and Survival. And don't forget to claim your free subscription to Modern Combat and Survival magazine at www.moderncombatandsurvival.com. Lock and load. And we'll see you next time. This has been Modern Combat and Survival.